Hey, Hero Maker, here at Marketing Made Simple, we are always looking for ways and dreaming up new ways to make this podcast more valuable for you, to help you create marketing that is easy and works. So heading into this new year, we want you to tell us what you've loved, what's worked, and what you want more of so we can make future episodes of Marketing Made Simple Podcast even better. So go to storybrand.com slash survey and tell us what you've loved and how we can make things better. Also, when you complete the survey, you'll be in the running for a $50 Amazon gift card. So go to storybrand.com slash survey and help us make the podcast even better. The podcast Create Like the Greats, hosted by Ross Simmons, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals just like you. It's a brand new show to the HubSpot Podcast Network, and you'll get an in-depth analysis of some of the greatest creations and creators of all time in each episode. Find insights into what it takes to create things that last, stories that spread, and ideas that move people for decades to come. Here's a great episode to check out first, how Masterclass built a $2.8 billion ed tech empire in seven years. If you're like me, you've probably wondered how Masterclass disrupted the edtech industry. And in this episode, you'll hear Masterclass's success story and how they went from being just an idea to having the biggest names on board. Never miss a deep dive conversation on the creative process that went into building amazing companies and brands and listen to Create Like the Greats wherever you get your podcasts. If you are anything like JJ and I, you want to really get into the nooks and crannies of your hero's brain and understand what are the motivating factors behind their buying decisions. There is an entire science behind why people are motivated to purchase products or engage with a brand. And on today's episode, we're gonna talk to Phil Agnew, who studies all of the behavioral psychology behind marketing and buying and give that information to you so you can engage your customers more. I'm about to start the show. Hello, Hero Maker. Welcome to the Marketing Made Simple podcast powered by StoryBrand and brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, where we believe your marketing should be easy and it should work. I am your host, Dr. JJ Peterson, and I am joined by my co-host, April Sunshine Hawkins. Hello, April. Oh, hey, JJ. And hello, Hero Maker. April, mm-hmm. who was your first celebrity crush? <gasps> oh, <laughs> it was... Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's right. That's right. JTT. (laughs) He was on Home Improvement Uh for those of you who are like younger than 35 years old uh, and Um, need to know. And let's say, and Home Improvement was. (laughs) Yeah. Tim the Toolman Taylor had a family, and Jonathan Taylor Thomas was one of his sons, the middle one, and he was. So gorgeous and so cute in his flannel shirts. And he was also the voice of Simba on The Lion King. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. And on every cover of every teen magazine for about five years. And I had them all (laughs) plastered around my room 
And oh my goodness, my room was the room, of course, people would stay in when they came to visit. So, you know, when we hosted like acapella singers, you know, from around the world in our home, they'd have to like look at JTT <laughs> staring at them <laughs> while they slept. So you're welcome, acapella singers. <laughs> How about you, JJ? I would say my first celebrity crush at least publicly, was um, Alyssa Milano. Oh. Yeah. Who's the boss? Alyssa Milano. We were the same age. She's one of the few, like, kids my age on TV. Sure. You know? And so, yeah, uh, you know, told everybody, at least that was my huge crush, but really it was um, probably Grizzly Adams. <laughs> okay. Okay. And for those people, maybe like me, who don't, don't know, know who that is. Um, it's hard to explain. He's a mountain man who had a bear as a best friend. Okay. And lived, lived out, yeah, a 70s show, maybe Aww. 80s, I guess. Yeah. He sounds kind. He's very kind. Yeah. He's, oh, a, he's a good guy. But I that, love yeah, that, that was probably my actual literal first crash. I'm going to have to figure out where <laughs> Grizzly Adam's show is streaming so I can go, like, check it out. And, Me like, too. Understand. Me too. <laughs> Hundred <laughs> percent. Oh, oh my gosh. Uh, well, let's move on um, <laughs> from that. Uh, <laughs> you know, everybody has you know early crushes, and you know, and they're they're based you know when you're a kid, like on like who's cool and what's what's you know popular in that time. But you know, we all have crushes over the over the years, and so here's here's a great transition for you. We are now going to have a series on the podcast called Our Marketing Crushes. <laughs> That's right. We know that we have a lot to learn. Yes. We are in a growth mindset phase and we want to glean information. We want to become better marketers ourselves. And so we want to talk to the people we have a marketing crush on. And today you are actually going to talk to the one, the only Phil Agnew. Yeah. Phil has a podcast called Nudge that is a part of the HubSpot podcast network. And he really deals with the science, behavioral science in particular, behind why people buy products or why they engage with marketing. And I was so excited to have him on the podcast. I was I was nerding out and talking to him <laughs> because I study the science behind narrative marketing. That was part of my dissertation, part of my PhD program. Even my master's program was really studying theory behind narrative and narrative marketing. And I'm really excited about this episode because it takes all of the goodness that Phil is sharing. And you do a really great job, JJ, of connecting it to the story brand framework for our hero maker listening out there. And the story brand framework is the framework that powers all of your marketing and your messaging. And it shows you how to invite your customers into a compelling story by identifying what your customer wants, the problem that they're experiencing, positioning yourself as the guide, then calling them to action to actually buy your product or service. And then finally, clearly showing them how they can avoid failure or achieve success, transforming them into the hero of the story. So let's jump right into your interview with Phil. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the way people make decisions. And I would argue that, you know, marketing, everyone should be fascinated in marketing because we're all trying to do marketing all the time. We're all trying to convince people. We're all trying to persuade people. We're all trying to influence people. And I'm fascinated in understanding 
how that actually works and the psychology behind how people are persuaded and influenced and convinced. And my history is really, I spent a lot of money on a marketing degree. I went into my first marketing job and I really struggled. I really struggled to do you know, some of the strategic stuff, but even some of the small tactical stuff as well, to write emails that people would open, to create blogs that people would read, to, you know, pitch something to my boss that that they would listen to. I, I really struggled with all these things. And I stumbled upon consumer psychology and behavioral science and this world of, you know, how people actually make decisions and went deep into it and studied as much as I could, read everything I could, started my show, Nudge, interviewed some of the very best people in marketing psychology and have built up a knowledge of, of actually how people make decisions. And I start to apply that to my work. And hey, I've noticed that when you apply this stuff to your work, you get really, really good results. I love that. So one of my first exposures to behavioral psychology was working with Procter & Gamble. I was talking to them about how people make buying decisions when they go into grocery stores. And what they found in their science was that when people go into a familiar environment, specifically a familiar grocery store, they actually become more calm. Their heart rate drops, their breathing drops because they're relaxed. They, they take the same route they would take on any given time and essentially make the same buying decisions. Yeah. So, hey, you're bang on, JJ. The grocery store is... Is a place which, which is a very interesting place to study for, for the reasons you've mentioned. You know, people go into this autopilot, and I'm sure all of the listeners will will feel the pain that you feel when you go into your local grocery store and they've mixed around all the items and moved everything around, and you feel that pain because you have to wake up. And they do that for a good reason because when you wake up, you make different purchase decisions. But there's a whole wealth of studies into how people make decisions in the supermarket, and you won't be surprised to hear that in that grocery store everything is laid out in a particular order and labeled in a particular way to to get you to buy the things you want because subtle changes to how things are presented can really change your buying decisions so I'll give you a few examples um the end of aisle space is is very high value which we all know right if you put i think there was a study with non-alcoholic beer you put non-alcoholic beer on the end of aisle you will increase their sales by two times compared to having a mid aisle even if you don't even offer them at a discount you know you just put them in that area so positioning be really important. There's also some really interesting work done by Ian Inger about choice paradox, because something interesting about the supermarket, and you'll notice this at the end of aisle displays, is you can paradoxically, you can actually lower the amount of sales if you offer too much. Ironinga, the researcher, would go in and she would sell jam. And on one weekend, she would sell 24 varieties of jam, your chili jam, your strawberry jam, your raspberry jam, all the different varieties. And on the other weekend, she would sell six varieties of jam. Now, conventional marketing wisdom would tell you the more variety, the better the more choice, the more chance that somebody will find what they need. But actually, what happens if you study the sort of psychology behind people make, how people make decisions, you'll notice that we face this choice paradox. When we're presented with too much choice, we struggle to act. And she found that when she presented 24 varieties of jam, only 3% of people bought. And when she presented six varieties of jam, 30% of people bought, so a huge amount more. The science is pretty foolproof. You can be overwhelmed by choice. There's one more example I'd love to share with you, JJ, which is around scarcity. Now, all of your listeners will know scarcity. It's the idea that we value scarce resources really highly. When Concorde stopped flying between New York and London, the prices and the sales of the tickets skyrocketed. Nothing, you know, because they had two years longer where they had to fly that route. 
Nothing about the service changed, nothing about the price changed. It was just a scarce resource. And marketers can actually make their products seem scarce even when they're not. So this is an amazing study done with cans of soup, again, in a grocery store in the US. And they put in the control, big signs up saying, buy soup. And people bought, who did, people who did buy bought about three cans of soup per person. So pat yourself on the back, marketers. Telling people to buy soup makes people buy soup. Brilliant. Marketing works. But what's interesting is when they added a bit of scarcity, a bit of scarcity, which was sort of fake, to be honest, they changed people's behavior. So they put an asterisk on that sign the following week, and it said limited to 12 cans per person. Now, what's hilarious about this is nobody was buying 12 cans before. <laughs> nobody was. Nobody was going in and buying 12. They were buying three on average, max five. But that changed behavior. When they knew it was a scarce resource, when they had to limit the amount of sales, people ended up buying four and a half cans of soup. So an incredible way that they can nudge you towards buying slightly more. You know, the two things that really jumped out to me there is simplicity and scarcity. And when we talk about it, story brand all the time, that you need a clear, simple message. And it's not just because we, you know, we want to not be confusing or we don't want to be stuck when we're writing emails. But the reality is when those grocery stores made buying easy by putting things on the end cap (laughs) and they didn't give you too many options that overwhelmed you with too many choices and too much information, people bought more. And we teach that in the framework. When we say you need a simple, clear message, what we're saying is don't overwhelm people. Make it easy for them to buy. Make it easy for them to understand why they need this product and service. And when you're trying to tell 20 different stories in your marketing, all you're doing is turning people off. You're actually causing paralysis and they're not going to buy. When you keep it simple and make it easy for them to buy, now they're in the story and you're much more likely to actually sell the product. And it's kind of paradoxical because as marketers, we're constantly thinking, oh, what can we add? What can we put? How can we spin the message? And what a lot of the psychology says is, no, stick to your message and say it repeatedly. There's this bias we have called the mere mere exposure effect. The more we see something, the more we will remember it, the more we will like it as well. It's not rocket science. The more we see something, the more we remember it, the more we will like it. It's why Coca-Cola's ads haven't really changed. Really, (laughs) if you look at a Coca-Cola ad, it hasn't changed. Marketers, they're still getting paid a lot of money, but it's because of the mere exposure effect. The more you see something, the more you will like it. And as marketers, one of the worst things we can do, and again, it sounds paradoxical, but one of the worst things we can do is change strategy regularly. Changing that tag line every six months, changing your branding is really difficult and it can be really disruptive if you do it often. That can have a really detrimental effect. Sticking with something, even if it's not perfect, can arguably be better than switching. At the end of every year, I like to pause and just reflect on the year and think about all the different areas of my life that went great and areas in my life that I'd like to change and actually make better. Like maybe there were areas that I kind of wasted time on or spent too much time kind of working on something that didn't really move my business forward. And I bet you feel the same way because no matter what 2022 was like for you, I'm sure that preserving your time and energy and resources is something that has become even more 
and more important for you. Well, HubSpot really helps you do all of that. HubSpot is an all-in-one CRM platform that helps you and your team do your best work. That's because it's a powerfully connected system that doesn't leave you with the time-sucking management and mind-boggling costs of multiple solutions. HubSpot is easy for your entire team to use so that you can spend more time providing value where it matters most, to your customers. Learn how HubSpot can help your business grow better and get a special offer of 20% off all eligible plans at HubSpot.com MMS. And now back to the show. I am like screaming inside and jumping up and down because, (laughs) you know, this is this is the science behind why we do what we do at StoryBrand. I mean, really, this is and we know this. We don't often share a lot of the science, which is why because we don't want to overwhelm our customers (laughs) when we're selling simplicity. We don't want to go into all this stuff. But that's why I was so excited to have you on, because all of the stuff you're talking about is really the foundation for why we do what we do. And it's just so key to get a clear message and repeat it over and over. And I think a huge mistake a lot of people make in marketing is they see these gigantic brands like Apple or Nike that are that are constantly releasing creative ads and kind of edgy branding. Hmm. And we think, oh, I have to keep up with the creativity and the cleverness of these giant brands. And we always say, always choose clarity first. Choose clarity first and then be creative and clever, but don't start by switching up your brand all the time and your messaging all the time, trying to be creative and clever with new taglines and new images. No, stick with clarity, stick with simplicity, because ultimately that is what is going to win in the market in the long run. The other thing that you talked about was scarcity. And when it specifically comes to marketing in the story brand framework, what we talk about this is there's two different kind of aspects of the story brand framework where that highlights scarcity in a product. One is our call to action. And a good call to action offers some kind of immediacy that you're going to miss out if you don't buy this product or service. And just by putting a deadline on, you know, this is only available until next month, or you have 24 hours to act to get this bonus. What you're doing is showing people that they're going to lose if they don't act. Yeah. So I actually think the movie industry is making a massive mistake in how they market their movies. So when you see a movie being advertised on the side of a bus or a poster or a trailer, you see the date the movie is coming to cinemas. That, that makes sense, right? People need to know when to go and see it. So you see the day when it's coming to cinemas. But Richard Shotton, a behavioral scientist who wrote the book, The Choice Factory, he did a bit of research on if you slightly tweak that message and add a bit of scarcity. So instead of telling people, here's when the movie starts, he told people, oh, by the way, here's when the movie ends. And so it's at least, you know, depending on when the movie ends, that would be the movie ends next week, the movie ends in a few days, the movie ends next month. And he found that when you say when the movie's going to end, when you highlight the scarcity, the lack of time remaining, people were 36% more likely to actually go and attend the movie. And I think it's a wonderful example of how, you know, just because we've been doing something the same way for 100 years, we've always advertised when the movie is coming to screens, doesn't mean you can't add a bit of scarcity, a bit of marketing psychology to improve your message. That's a really, really good one. There's one more example I'll give you, which is a play on the, the earlier example. So we spoke about the soup sales being limited. Well, KFC in Australia had set up this amazingly interesting campaign. They had an offer 
chips for a dollar. Very good value in, in Aussie dollars, chips for a dollar. And they wanted to find the very best CTA that they could create for that offer. And so KFC, owned by Yum Brands, spends billions on marketing each year. They have some of the world's best copywriters. They said, folks, go and write the best CTAs you can think of. And they were amazingly creative. You know, the kernel has never been so generous. From Perth to Brisbane, they loved Aussie wide, fresh, delicious, fresh out of the oven, all this stuff, all this amazing copy. Do you know what I know? They, they, they tested, there were 90 different CTAs they came up with and they tested them each on Facebook. So A, B, C, D, E, F, G test on Facebook where, you know, you're putting a lot of spend to see, okay, which one got the most clicks, which one got the most delivery orders. The one that was the most successful is, is I love this, because it's just pure scarcity. It said chips for a dollar, limited to four per customer. That was it. Limited to four per customer. Just saying you can't have more than four. And look, I'm not saying that creativity and marketing shouldn't be there. There is a time and a place for it. But with your CTA especially, come and go and use some basics. Go and use some of the laws that affect how people make decisions. And people act when they know something is scarce. So if you can use that in your CTA, it's a no-brainer. Yes. And that's so great, especially for email campaigns and lead generators and value that you're adding. We often say, you know, we don't love discounting a brand. Like, so if somebody's going to say act now and you'll get 25% off and that's a limited, what we like to do often, those work and those are great, but because people want to save money. But one of the things just creatively for our listeners to do also is to offer limited time bonuses. And so, you know, offer a free resource, offer something extra, an extra phone call when you're doing coaching or buy one, get one so that you're positioning yourself a little bit not like a discount brand, but really a value brand. But it's the same principle. The same principle is create something that offers a little bit of scarcity. You may have this free resource that's available forever, but actually lock it after a few weeks so people will actually be forced to buy or they're going to miss out. And so I love I love all of that. Um, we talked in the beginning about clarity is important, but really, if you were going to boil it down to why people need to keep things simple in their marketing and messaging, what what have you learned in your studies that would that you could offer people? I think we're all too it's all too common to in- disincentivize bad behavior, but incentivizing good behavior is incredible. It's an amazing um, experiment in Stockholm where instead of fining people for going over the speed limit, people who went under the speed limit were entered into a lottery where they could win the fine that the speeders got and they reduced speeding by 36%. <laughs> yes, so flip it, you know, incentivize the good behavior. That's conditioning. So I think that's something we should do in marketing. You know, don't harm people for not doing something. Give the people who are doing the right thing, the right benefits. I think that's really important. That is so huge. And I I saw a study where basically just using language and imagery to reinforce positive behavior will make a huge difference. We're not trying to manipulate people into buying products. We have products that solve people's problems. People need our products to have a better life. I mean, that's the truth. If you have a crappy product, then no, don't do any of this. But (laughs) if you have a good product that people actually is going to make their life better, then you want to help them buy your product and you want it to make it easy. And the way that you do that is by creating clear messaging, create a sense of scarcity, and ultimately talk about 
positive reinforcement when it comes to the buying habits in order to get people to engage more. Well, this, I mean, like I said, I'm just giddy right now. I am giddy inside because, you know, the science behind marketing is is so fascinating to me. And people, we, we share how to create compelling stories, but giving people a little bit of a why behind it, why it matters and going into some of the brain science. Now, I think not only are you going to be our marketing crush, but everybody who's listening. So you just proved why you are one of our marketing crushes. Thank you so much, Phil, for being with us today and for sharing with us some of your insights and your research. And I know that it's going to grow our listeners' business. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me on, JJ. Phil, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing with our hero makers the science behind why people make buying decisions. I nerded out and loved it so much. And if you are interested in learning more about the behavioral science and psychology behind why people engage with marketing and brands, go and listen to Nudge Podcast with Phil Agnew. He has so many episodes on there that talk about this very thing and you can nerd out with him just like I do. (laughs) Nudge Podcast is a part of the HubSpot Podcast Network and you can find that wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, Hero Makers, it's time to apply everything you learned with this week's actionable step, a practical step from today's conversation you can immediately use to shape your marketing and clarify your message. For today's actionable step, what I want you to do is think about what type of positive reinforcement you can give your customers to help them engage more with buying your product. So what I want you to do is think about what does success look like for your customer after they have bought your product or service. In the story brand framework, we talk about the success bucket of your marketing. The success bucket of your marketing is really the end of the story, the happy ending that your hero will experience after they've engaged your product or service, right? With the story brand framework, we start with, you have to identify what your customer wants, identify the problems that they're experiencing, position yourself as a guide, give them a plan, call them to action, and then show what failure or success looks like in their story. In the success piece of the marketing, what you're doing is showing a customer what their life will be like after they buy your product or service. So you're looking for images of smiley, happy people. You're looking for description that talks about when they buy your product or service, this is what happens. Their problems are solved. Their frustrations are eliminated. And then it means something more. What does that mean then for them? Once their problems and frustrations are resolved, what does their life look like? You want to cast a vision for that happy ending to their story. And why this is important is because exactly what Phil talked about in this episode, you are looking for positive reinforcement. You want to show them that when they buy your product or service, their life will be better. Now, you don't want to overpromise, right? That's the only way you can get this wrong is if you overpromise and underdeliver. But if your product really does solve a problem for your customer, you want them to buy your product so their life will be better. And you need to tell them what their life will be like after their problems are solved. So two things you want to think about is what 
images show my customer what their life will be like after they buy my product or service and put those on your website, in your brochures, on social media. Use those images to create positive reinforcement for your customer to buy your product. Then secondly, you want to write down three or four sentences that describe what their life will be like. Use words. You can even start with a word like imagine. Imagine what your life is going to be like after you buy the product or service and then paint that picture for them. I want you to write down three sentences that describe their life after their problem is solved. When you do this, you will positively reinforce your customer's desire to buy your product or service. Then you'll ultimately deliver on that value and their life will be better. When you tell them what their life will be like, they are more likely to engage. Show them the value of your product. This is what being a hero maker is all about. Delivering value to your customer, telling them what their life will be like after they buy your product or service, and helping them have a happy ending to their own story. That's why we call you hero makers. That's all for this week's episode of Marketing Made Simple. Thank you so much for listening and believing like us that your marketing should be easy and it should work. Follow Marketing Made Simple wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to rate and review the show, letting us know how these tips are clarifying your message and growing your business. We'll see you next week. Hey, you cannot stop me. You cannot stop me. Go!